Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come to the coach and get together, have a few laughs. Your hosts will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. <laughs> Nobody can hate the Randy. All right, welcome. They are channeling Macho Man Randy Savage over they are. here. And it is oh, yeah. We well, are truly doing it, my brother. That's how it should be. I am, king I am scared. Don't make me snap your Nerd. neck, a pencil neck geek. <laughs> the sad thing is Joe almost looks like him. Except for a ginger version of him. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Right. Chris like just has the voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Welcome. Well, Welcome. Hi. To another amazing and exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we need a new tag. We do. We need a new tag name. Or tagline. Loose women get in here. No, 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 no. That's a bar in Fairbanks. Wow. Yeah, we're no bar. Yeah. No, we are not skinny dicks. No, no, no. Sadly, but if you are in the Fairbanks area, give the place a look. If it's still around. Yeah. And it's one of those shanties. It's barely standing. A couple well placed boards and nails, and it's good. You pull one out, and it falls. It completely collapses. <laughs> Much like a goblin layer. Yeah. All right. Somebody puts their coat on one of the load bearing like, well, their website nails. <laughs> yeah, and then just boom. Yeah. All right. This is Revan. That's uh, a guy named Joe. This is the great and mighty and powerful Lord Plagoon. And Fiber. And this is Chris, the intern. Notice how he still got <laughs> at the very end. It's like everyone jumped in before him. I didn't care. As, yeah. as we are supposed to. But that's okay. I still can do the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Yes, you can. So, everyone, check out our Facebook page, Google+, YouTube. There's a lot of fun things out there. Uh, we posted Firebird's uh, Gamer Girl segment. It's <gasps> video. You can actually see Firebird. Yes. And yeah. it, that was a great video. It was. It was good. Uh, we also posted some recent interviews we did from the Mythica set. So there's the first two. We'll get two more posted here shortly. Um, and check back, because we may be editing those to throw in some B-roll uh, that they've sent us to show some action clips of those individuals. They were very from, kind to us. Ooh, yeah. uh, I wish I could, I could have left in the very beginning of Flagoon's interview, because it is hilarious. <laughs> Him and Melody Stone, they're on these chairs, which are you know authentic for the time period, and they're small. I mean, you're back end barely fits on these things so i mean it's like very well designed that you can jump off those and you're you're standing up straight and they're just like what's that 
<laughs> back and forth. And well, it, it kind of felt like that. Yeah. Know, they, they teach you in, in drama when you when you sit on a chair, you don't want to settle all the way back yeah. because you're going to have to stand yep. up really quickly. Well, these were high enough that you don't really get at full knee. Yeah, bend. I mean, you weren't really bent down and, that far. And they're narrow enough, you only really get like half of your butt on the uh, yeah. on the chair. Yeah, so it, at least at least half of my butt, which would probably mean you'd be able to, you know, you know, somebody like like Revan or Joe would be able to sit on it fully and well, <laughs> it, apparently not me. No, I mean no, it was it was it was hilarious. I mean she was just playing along. Uh, the cast oh, was great. She was she was so fun. Yeah, she, she was she hilarious. Was such an awesome. She was such an awesome person. So easy to talk to. So yeah, they all were. Yeah, more yeah. more reason for you to watch that movie. Yes, because their cast rules. Yep, um, they constantly kept talking to us and oh. seeing how we were doing. Yeah, I mean they were they were oh, really nice. Yeah. They were um, very friendly. We will be returning to set uh, later in February, maybe first of March. I uh, get to go back and we'll do some more interviews with them. Uh, Kevin Sorbo will be back uh, and we'll be able to interview him. Again. Uh, again. Again. But this time he will be in costume oh. and not at Comic-Con. <laughs> I hope yeah. it looks somewhat familiar to us. Well, he, he's, he's, he is a wizard. You know, he, he, oh. he's, he's teaching Merrick. So, uh, so yeah. he's not going to have a sleeveless vest thing. No, 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 no. And, oh, he, and he won't have long hair. and Aww. yeah, he, he won't be calling down Zeus to help him out. <laughs> He's still very tall, though. Yes, so. he is a tall guy. Yeah, he made me feel short. Yeah, so uh, that'll be fun. He made me feel um, about normal. So for those of you uh, that are interested, I mean, uh, go go to Netflix, check out The Dawn of the Dragon Slayer, uh, Osambi, and uh, Orcs. You know, it's on Netflix. It's done by Aerostorm Entertainment. These are the same guys. I did watch their uh, Dawn of the Dragon Slayer. It did have two of the actors that are in Mythica. Um, the guy that plays uh, Batilla, which uh, Chris interviewed, he's actually in this movie. He plays the bad guy too, uh, in this. Mm. It, it's actually, they do a pretty good job. They do a really good job. You know, they focus more on story than the big fancy high tech, everything you know, else, uh, graphics and everything. You know, they try to use natural settings instead of having to CG everything. So good job. I mean, if you're expecting some grandioso exact duplicate of, like, The Hobbit, you know, or Lord of the Rings, you're not going to get that, but it's just as good, you know, so, and entertaining. And I think Mythica is even better than the previous ones. Just well, they have been, seen. they have been working at it, so they're going to yeah. get better. Yeah, they're, they're going to get better. Like They're, they're trying things. to perfect their art. Yeah. So uh, check them out, support them, and uh, some other good things down the road uh, as it gets closer, because uh, uh, Comic-Con Fan X is in April, mm-hmm. uh, we will be having some passes to give away. Okay. The convention, really? uh, convention season is just around the corner I know, the it's starting there. to begin. Oh yeah. Everybody, so, be excited. Be lots of excited. Uh, we will be talking stuff. to Richard Lee Byers tonight, Ooh. talking about his Ooh. new book, The Reaver, the next book in the Sundering series, as well as his other book, uh, The Plague Knight and Other Stories. And I know a lot of you, uh, you, know, you guys have been wondering about The Plague Knight. You know, is he just a knight with the plague or, yeah, something with that. So, Sounds uh, too awesome. A knight yeah. that causes the plague. Yeah, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, next week we'll have Alex Bledsoe uh, talking about his new book, uh, part of the Eddie Lacrosse series. He drank and saw the spider. And then uh, Gunmetal Games will be the week after that. And we're just going to keep rolling, you know. The week after that, I mean, that that's in February. The week after the, uh, Gunmetal Games, because the Firefly 
role-playing game launches on the 18th. That's the 20th. I'm working on trying to get Margaret uh, Weiss and, and Monica back in to talk about the game. So nice. uh, they, it's a tentative yes. They're just wanting to shore some things up. So sure. but that could be lots of fun. In case you haven't heard our other shows where we've talked about this game, it is amazingly fun. <laughs> well, the thing I like about it is each adventure runs like a TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, you have calamity all the time. Yeah, there are there are all sorts of hijinks yeah. and misfortunes <clears throat> happening. Well, this, but it all kind of wraps itself up. It does. And the thing I really like is there's no such thing in this game as a critical miss. Mm-hmm. Now, there are complications. You know, oh, you roll a one and complications fly in. I mean. So so we we played last Saturday, and Lane Lane was there or Flagoon uh, uh, was there. That I was. Yeah, yeah, and he he joined in. He loves it, but their it pilot three. rolled like four ones in a row. It was five or five. Five ones in yeah. a row. So when you roll one, you get a re-roll. It was but bad. there there is there is a complication. So they're trying to break the atmosphere or break Atmo, and he's rolling these ones. And we everything a, that you can imagine goes wrong with this ship. But we do make it out of the However, <laughs> they still miraculously were able to land this ship without <laughs> crashing, destroying, and killing people. Hmm. Yeah, so it was pretty Probably amazing. The first time I tried to we were, Chevy we were actually hoping, <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, hoping our pilot died. Yeah. I, they, <laughs> yeah, they were pretty much placing bets on how fast their pilot would die and fly through the windshield. Or or whatever. Uh, no, we were we were trying to figure out ways that we could just kind of leave him on a uh, asteroid somewhere That's true. along the way, kick him out um, as the as the thing is landing. <laughs> you know, he, he he's great. Well, he's great at shooting things, but he's just well. The sad thing is, he's the best pilot. <laughs> so they put up with him, but he's not that bright. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but it works. Yeah. It's yeah. like putting Jane yeah. in the pilot seat. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That would be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then Flagoon's character just walks in, and he's like this amazing gambler, and just... Yep, high-stakes gambler. He just walks what in and somehow just comes part of the party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Chris's character walks in while these guys are gambling, and they're all just kind of stopped. He's like, oh, I thought that was the bathroom. Of course, this is an interior room that the only way into this room is through the room he just walked into. <laughs> and Flagoon's character just takes advantage of the situation and takes all the money and puts it into his back. And then I convince him that it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has such a high skill that he just, yeah, he convinces him, yeah, it's the bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was looking for the bathroom. Yeah. And so finding a way to get away from all these people that I just stole all their money... Yeah, I, I decided to show him where the bathroom was. Yeah, and then it, they realize, oh, the money's gone, and then hijinks happens from there. And then hijinks. It was quite fun. It was. Then good I, time. Then I convinced him that uh, that uh, Chris, uh, that Chris's character was the one that uh, stole all the money, and I got away scot free. And I knew he was going to do that. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. All right. It was great. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get Joe in and see how things develop there, but it. It's based off the Cortex system that they had with Marvel. Mm-hmm. This they've tweaked it much better. It yeah. runs refined. so much better. It is refined. Um, refined. Because when we did the Marvel one, we had quite a few issues. Yeah, Avengers um, and Sable Glavin. Yeah, 
Uh, this works a lot better. So yeah, we'll talk with them. All right, let's uh, let's uh, roll Richard into to the show. Let's we'll, get this. We'll get go this from here. So if you're ready to, uh, if you want to ask Richard Lee Byers anything, just call us at six two six two two six one four seven five. Lines are open. Or you can always check us out on Facebook. We're uh, keeping track of that. There's also Twitter and Google Plus. Uh, do you got the Facebook page up? Uh, I'm getting it up right now. All right. You want to make a, throw a post on there real quickly? I will. That way people can see that too, that they can call in. All right. Look at that. I actually remembered the phone number. I didn't even have to look at the website I know. anymore. It's, co- <laughs> it's, it's become second nature. Yes. I'm, yep. It's reflex. Yep. I still don't it know. It. I think it starts with a six. Six two six two two six one four seven five. There's the number. Call in. And let's uh, connect Richard in. Yep, it's making the booping. We just can't hear it. Oh. I normally don't we hear this? And there he is. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? We are surviving the cold. (laughs) Yeah, it became became very bitter here. Beginning of our snowstorm. Yes, (laughs) we've we've gone through the January thaw. Now it's going to get cold again. (laughs) It's horrible. Makes me glad I'm in Florida. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, rub it oh, oh, don't in. rub it in. Man. <laughs> like salt in the wound. What yeah. is it? 79, 80 degrees there? Unbearably cold there for you, I isn't it? We're having a, what's a cold day for us. This is like probably in the 50s at the moment. Oh, jacket weather. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's short and t-shirt weather. What are you well, talking yeah, about? Yeah, for you, Mr. I lived in Alaska forever. Well, yeah. Lagoon, you have, you have to go to like negative... Ten before he starts thinking about putting on a jacket. Well, I mean, he he was running around in Antarctica in his underwear, so I mean that says a lot for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh wow. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show tonight. We're excited to talk to you about you know, the plague night uh, and other stories as well as the Reaver. I mean, cool. We have several questions about the plague night just from the title. <laughs> it's okay. So, uh, Joe, you want to start? So. Okay, so uh, real quickly, we're wondering about the the, the, the Plague Night and other stories. Because first off, I, it sounds like a heavy metal album. First off, <laughs> is it? Should be. Uh, no, it's just my uh, collection of uh, sword and sorcery stories that are not set in the most that are not set in the, the Forgotten Realms or one of the other uh, gaming uh, universes that I've written about. Okay. Yeah, okay. The Plague Night. The Plague Night is a is a uh, undead uh, knight who uh, comes back from uh, beyond the grave with a grudge and the ability to spread sickness across the land and needs to be dealt with. I was right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This is like an epic story all in itself. But you could easily turn it into a heavy metal song. (laughs) Way too awesome. Yeah. Well, someone could. I couldn't. You returned from the grave. Yeah. Spread disease and plague. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, Man. trademark that. Yes. <laughs> Craig, ooh, we need to talk to Craig Nibo yeah. now. <laughs> um, so, so uh, to get on to the real uh, meat and potatoes, the, the real meat and potatoes here, because we're wondering about uh, about the, your new book, The Reaver. The next, mm-hmm. uh, this is the next book in the Sunder, in the Sundering series, correct? Yeah, this is number four. Awesome. So then, I mean, what's changed between um, between the, the 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 previous book and now between Reaver and the Reaver? Uh, well, in my book, um, all hell is breaking loose around the uh, Sea of Fallen Stars. 
there is a perpetual rain day after day, month after month, and uh, with uh, crop failure and uh, flooding and uh, general uh, climate of uh, misery and desperation. And uh, in this uh, situation, we have uh, the face of two gods, uh, Umberly, the evil goddess of the sea, and the newly reborn Lathander, the god of uh, dawn and uh, hope and new beginnings, kind of contending for the hearts and minds of the people. Each one is saying, uh, or you know, each faith is saying, you know, follow our path and uh, you know, worship our, you know, follow our path, worship our god, and uh, you'll come out of this thing all right. And uh, each of the faiths is uh, represented by a chosen of uh, the respective deity. And uh, that, that's all the setup. Uh, this is, in this situation, we have a uh, pirate named uh, Anton Marivaldi, who uh, really doesn't care about anything but his own uh, profit and well-being, who nonetheless becomes the uh, unlikely champion whose uh, deeds will probably dis- decide this contest and thus the fate of that region. Nice. I, I like how with the Sundering, you know the gods are vying for control of the mortals. You know, because if I remember right, in the Forgotten Realms setting, that's you know the more mortals the gods have, the more power or or the more devotion they get, the more power they they have. Is that correct? That's the way I understand it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, some of these metaphysical things get a little bit uh, murky, and that's probably not a bad idea because uh, to, to leave things open to. Uh, interpretation to a degree, but yeah, I think that's basically right. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that idea, because it kind of it shows that even though you know they are omnipotent in a way, they do have a weakness. You know, If they don't have enough followers, they, they grow weaker in their, in their powers and disappear. Um, I think we kind of saw a little bit of that in uh, uh, the second Clash of the Titans movie that, that they made. Right. Well, then, you know, the Forgotten Realms, we've got you know, in a pantheistic system like the Forgotten Realms, you know, where we have all these different gods, obviously they can't, you know, they, they, they can't all be omnipotent. Probably none of them could be omnipotent because you know, they, they, they share the power. Yeah. yeah. So, so you do all these great stories where on one level or another they or their representatives are, uh, you know, scrabbling for a bigger piece of it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering then, is like, how, how do you present the scope of one person um, be, you know, having the, I guess the fate of all of these realms and all of these people rest in one person? How, how, do, you, how do you put that uh, scope into context? Okay. Well, he, of course, he isn't, uh, you know, it, it is literally just him because he, as the story goes on, he has, uh, you know, allies and, uh, you know, people that, that he associates with the, the story uh, you know the story has a number of big uh, big battles and stuff uh, mm-hmm. where fleets are crashing and stuff like that but I mean he, he becomes um, he becomes instrumental initially because um, the young boy who is the chosen of uh, Lathander uh, basically comes into his into his custody and uh, this is a kid that uh, needs to be protected or uh, that he or needs to be uh, sold to the evil chosen of Umberly uh, for a big reward, which is actually what the pirate initially intends to do with him. But uh, because of his association with, with the boy, uh, you know, everything builds from there. And because he's the, 
you know, he's a formidable uh, fantasy adventurer, you know, a, ma- a master swordsman, a very shrewd uh, naval strategist and tactician. Um, you know, he's got the right stuff to uh, make a real difference. Nice. And so then how do you, uh, how does, uh, how does this character then differ from some, maybe, uh, you know, being the, I guess, more consummate, I guess, do I want to say sailor? Um, how, how does that differ from some of these other characters that have shown up in stories past? Uh, well, he, I, one thing I did with him is um, I decided that um, I didn't really feel like making him the sort of, uh, you know, Errol Flynn, Johnny Depp, uh, you know, Mary Rogue Swashbuckler kind of pirate. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wanted to make him more of a uh, more of a realistic pirate, which means that he starts out the story as pretty much of a ruthless murdering bastard. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I, th- I think I think that sets him a- apart from the protagonists you've seen in a lot of pirate stories, and also from uh, quite a few of the protagonists you've seen in the Forgotten Realms. Okay, so then how do we relate to? Uh, how do we how do we relate to a murdering bastard in the first half of the the story? Well, do, you know, you know, it's probably not giving away too much to say that you know, he does change over the course of the story. Okay. And uh, but I mean, initially, I think that you're gonna people are gonna connect with him on a certain level because he does have many of the the qualities that we readers of fantasy adventure admire. admire. He's you know. You know, he's tough, he's smart, and resourceful, he's bold, he leads from the front, uh, and, you know, he's in the midst of interesting experiences. So I think that will, you know, that that will carry him until uh, you start to uh, see him evolve. I hope it does. Yeah. <laughs> so we shouldn't be expecting any kind of Pirates of Penzance sort of thing. Well, I mean, hunt. I, I, we can kind of, I think we can kind of relate to those. I mean, look, uh, you know, uh, look at Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow character or Darth Vader. I mean, those are kind of those type of characters, but we, we love those. So I think there's a way that we can relate to these and enjoy and love that character. Well, people in general really yeah. like a good antihero. Yeah. And, you know, pirates right now are huge. and yeah. They're bigger than zombies. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Kudos, kudos to the pirate pirate too. I Oh, well, a, you've doubled your uh, popularity. You have just doubled the yeah, fun. If only I could have gotten ninjas in it. But I oh. <laughs> wow, if you would have done that, you, I, I don't think you would wow, have to Wow, my mind about. would have just exploded. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in the sequel. Yeah, yeah there, you there you go. All of a sudden have ninjas in there. Yeah. Yep. Mind equals blown. <laughs> I'm just like, I just stopped, and I'm just thinking about this. I'm just like, that would be amazing. Ninjas, pirates, and, and zombies. zombies. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I'd have to, uh, I'd have to get into Karatur, uh, you know, west of, or east, rather, east of Farron itself. That's where they have their Asian fantasy stuff. Well, I'm sure if, if they'll let me tap Karatur, I can probably get some ninjas into it next time. <laughs> So it's pretty safe to say, though, like, uh, if, let's say, you do get a sequel for this one, then, uh, I mean, let's say you did have your way, would we, would it be pretty safe to say we're going over there? Um, actually, what I've got planned for the sequel was not to go to uh, Carter, but to go somewhere else, although now that we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're like, hmm. <laughs> this might maybe, not be a bad idea. <laughs> instead of 
Anton going to Karatur, the ninjas can come out of Karatur to Anton. And then Ooh, hey, there, there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. That that would work. Work in those ninjas. Yep. yep. I mean, a good story. You know it's a good story when you've worked in pirates, zombies, and ninjas. Yeah. What else could you... I haven't hit that trifecta yet, but maybe yeah. next time. Yeah. Yeah, you're close, though. It's all about so it's good. Goals. It's pretty yeah. good. Goals. Goal goals. setting. It's all about goal setting. So, um... So then, I mean, once Anton's finished up here and, um, you know, I mean, is he going to be hanging around some of these, uh, these fellow adventurers for the, for the sequel, or are we going to be meeting a new cast of characters? Uh, there is, um, well, yeah, these twists, questions are tricky because, you know, you hate to give away too much. But, of uh, course. <laughs> but uh, there is uh, one other character who is very prominent in the story who will uh, continue on into his further adventures. But nice. mostly next time around, will be new characters. So has it been uh, interesting to be part of this kind of collaborative uh, melting pot of really great authors to come up with this storyline for The Sundering? Because each of these books are their own little piece of the realms, and so they're not interconnected other than the fact of the, the overall arc of The Sundering. I mean, was that kind of uh, you know a fun and exciting experience oh yeah i love it i mean it's um i mean if you can't get uh you know excited about uh bouncing ideas off people with uh like people like bob salvatore and aaron evans and uh, ed greenwood and uh paul camp and troy denning you know you you probably shouldn't be a writer you know i mean it's, 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 yeah i mean not only are they you know great creative talents but they're just such fun people to be around it's just yeah. it's fantastic so then uh i mean is uh, maybe i don't know if you guys if you can give this away this sort of thing away but i mean is there supposed to be a large finale or something that involving um all i believe there's six of you is there going to be something really really big for the end uh the last book is by um ed greenwood and he's not going to um He's not going to bring back the characters from the previous volumes, but he will kind of be batting cleanup in terms of, uh, you know, making sure it's clear what the Sundering was really all about and what the implications are and stuff like that. It's going to be a very big, exciting book, but, uh, you know, Drizzt and Anton and the other, char- the other characters from previous volumes won't be in it. Aww. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, of course, if the thing sells like gangbusters, you know, wizards, <laughs> might, uh, wizards might say, hey, we've got to do, you know, Sundering Part 2 or something, and then who the hell knows. But uh, at, at this, the plan currently is that Ed's book, which is um, uh, called The Herald and is an Elminster book, will, uh, will be the wrap-up, but the, the, like I said, the previous characters won't be in, in it. Yeah. I think it's kind of good in a way that each book is... Um, is uh, you know a freestanding story. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I I like that because I mean the, the realms are so big that each of you pretty much has your own sandbox. You don't have to worry about stepping on each other's toes in a way. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, it, I think it, it, we can each um, whatever strengths we have to bear as writers. You know, by doing a standalone book, we can each do what we're really good at. Yeah, and 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 do something that is really exciting to us and. and only minimally constrained, if constrained is even the right word, by the requirements of the overall series. I, I, I think it's really good. And, uh, 
And if if somebody for some reason doesn't want to read one of the books, you know, they don't they don't they don't come into the next one and uh, find everything incomprehensible. Although I do strongly re- recommend that people read all the books because you'll get the big cool picture of what's happening to all of Farron, and uh, you know, I think all the books are good. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it's been great reading them, and I do like the fact that you know you can miss a book, and you're not lost. Right. There are some series, you know, like The Will of Time, you miss a book, and you're like, uh, okay, what happened? So yeah. uh, th- this way, I like that, because you, you can jump in at any point, and it's like, oh, hey, maybe I sh- should go and read the other ones beforehand. Or it's been so long since the last book came out that yeah. you've got to reread everything yeah. there, and the next thing you know, you got to read, like, 12 books. 12 just books just so you can... Next book next one, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it's a little less work for us writers, too, in terms of coordinating. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I was on the R.A. Salvatore's War of the Spider Queen, too, which is all, um, you know, one big story. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's one novel in six parts written by six different people. Yeah, that, and, that was one uh, of my favorite uh, book yeah, series. And I, I'm really proud of it. I think it came out really well, but it's um, it was just more of a there was a higher level of communication that had to be there to make sure that, uh, you know, guy number four was picking up right where guy number three was supposed to leave off, you know, things like that. We, we didn't have, we, we communicated a lot about the sunning, but we didn't have quite all the, quite all those issues we had with the spider queen. Yeah. No. And that was a good series, but you you could definitely tell the different flavor of each writer, but I mean, that would be tough because, you know, you couldn't just say, "Oh, I'm going to kill this character off," and they're like, but, "No, no, no, no this, he's got to be in the next book. <laughs> he's got to be in the next book." I was going to kill him off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that, uh, there was an overall, you know, very broad, general um, outline for the whole series mm-hmm. that was worked out uh, prior to any of the books being written, and everybody's working off that. And people, because of the publication schedule, people are actually working from that kind of exclusively, you know, it's like somebody, uh, I think it was um, Tom Reed wrote book two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was writing book two at the same time I was writing book one, basically. Oh. He, he, he didn't have my final text of, of book one to work off, so um, if, um, if I had ended uh, book one in a way other than what, what the outline said, it you know, he would have been screwed. You know, they'd been getting his book wouldn't have made any sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was definitely more constraining than than what we did with the Sundry. Yeah, I mean, I could just imagine that. You know, he you finished. You know what was Ch- Chad Nassad or whatever, and then he has him roaming around in the Silver Marshes, and you're like, whoa, whoa wait a minute, what happened here? <laughs> when did he get there? Was there a magical spell that happened? <laughs> yeah, that that would be tough. Well, oh, it's Medius Res. They'll they'll do a back. Uh, they'll do a, a, <laughs> they'll a do a flashback. Flashback. Yeah. In the next book. <laughs> in, the th- in the third book that explains yeah. what happened between the first and the second book. Yes. You know, I just I just got a really devilish idea. That would be. That could be awesome. <laughs> a book series written like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. So or like Memento. Yeah. Uh, did you have a? Do you have a lot of fun uh, like doing these uh, collaborative efforts where it's you know kind of like the Sp- War of the Spider Queen and in the uh, the Sundering where it's like you have to get together with a lot more authors and kind of come up with a cohesive narrative that kind of travels amongst. Yeah, I really I really like it. It's um, like I said, these are uh, really 
you know, tremendously creative people, and you know, you to bounce ideas off of, and and uh, also they're they're my friends, you know. So if you get get together and hang out with them, and you know, on Wizards Dime, can't beat it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's always a plus there. How do we get in on this club? Yeah, <laughs> really. Is there a membership fee? Well, my well, boy, I first off, you have to write Forgotten Realms novels for several years. Ah, oh, crap. Oh. And then maybe they'll invite you into one of these particular kind of projects. Or at least that's how I got into it. I Man, <laughs> I was hoping it was just a fee. Okay. <laughs> so, in your time uh, dealing with uh, you know uh, Bob and uh, and Ed. And, yeah, you know, all the other ones. Did you pick up any like any any things that like uh, any little little tips or tricks that they use that you didn't have uh, before in your tool bo- uh, tool bag? Um, you know, I'm sure that I did. Um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I'm not thinking of anything right off the top of my head from the Sundering. I remember that when we were working on um, War of the Spider Queen, Bob told me that. Um, yeah, what they had to bear in mind was that um, no drow would ever do anything just for the surface reason. That there always had to be like a plan behind the plan behind the plan, and uh, that was really helpful. And it's something that I've you could actually apply to uh, you know writing about other other characters uh, who are similarly uh, devious in other settings and. Uh, Something that's will uh, stand in good stead if you want to construct plots that are uh, surprising and mysterious and things like that. So that, that's that's one bit of wisdom I remember. I like that. You know, I, I've played with gamers that have played drow characters, and they just like, oh, I'm a drow. I'm just gonna kill everything. I like that. <laughs> a drow wouldn't do anything <laughs> just for a surface reason. There's got to be a background reason. There's a right. reason for that behind yeah. that reason. Yeah. Well, you have that on the authority of Bob himself. He there we go. So everybody that hasn't been doing that, you are wrong. <laughs> yes, because he is the expert when it comes yeah. to drow. <laughs> the authority. Yes. <laughs> All right. So it is half past the hour, and you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We're talking with Richard Lee Byers, writer of the next book in the Sundering, The Reaver, the Reaver. Reaver. as uh, well as uh, many other books, along with The Plague Knight. If you've got a question for Richard or for us or for both of us, you can give us a call at 626-226-1475. And as always, you can reach us at info at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Also look for our Twitter handle at DCRShow. Underscore show. Underscore show. Also Google Plus. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook yeah. page and, and, uh, get a, and check out we're our YouTube everywhere. channel. Because we're all over the place. We're trying to spread like the disease. <laughs> like a plague. Like a plague. <laughs> like a plague. <laughs> yes. We have a we have our own plague night that manages the uh, social media airwaves. Yeah, right. Uh, so when you're done at the uh, when you're done listening to the show, uh, you can pick up any of Richard Lee Byer's books on Amazon.com or at least most of them. Um, just go to over to the uh, over to the search bar on DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Do your shopping as normal and just proceed to check out. You don't pay any extra fees, and a little bit of that money comes back to us. Because and we love you. A little bit goes to Richard. Because yeah. it's his book. Because it's his book. He, yeah, and you should get it. <laughs> yeah, Buy them yeah. all. <laughs> okay, we pay the bills. Yep. <laughs> what was that? What were you going to say? I said, yeah, please do buy them. I got to eat. 
Yeah, you gotta eat. <laughs> They're so, in Florida so where it's the warm. Richard uh, Lee Byers needs to eat charity. Yes. <laughs> and and for your donation, you will get a free book. Yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. Hey, that's, that's a great way to look at it. That's true, and I'm sure you can take it off on your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tax deductible. Probably not. Don't, don't don't hold me to that. Yeah. <laughs> or us. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah. We are we are a uh, internet radio show, and he is a uh, an author. Neither one of us are accountants. I, I don't need the IRS the IRS calling me. So you gave authorization for this deduction? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> nope. No, no. So, but it's a creative way of thinking of it that way. Yes. So, Richard, I've got a question. Now, do you, how, are you going to have this one as an audio book? Um, you, I'm sure you have other ones that are. I'm just wondering if the Reaver was also going to be an audio book. You know, I'm sure that it is because all my other uh, Forgotten Realms books have been, but they haven't. Um, they haven't given me like a date on that or anything. Oh, okay. I mean, today all of the Sundering books have come out <coughs> the same day as audio, so I would assume. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I would. I just assume from the past record. Yeah. So, I'm. I'm often shockingly ignorant about what my publisher is doing. It's, it's, it's a grievous fault in a writer, but sometimes I don't know. But I, I'm sure that it will be. I'm sure there will be one. Well, as as long as you get the uh, donations to the uh, Richard Byer Fund, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, can, nobody can figure out a royalty statement anyway, or at least I can't really decipher them in detail. So you know, it's just, yeah, it's all it's all about the bottom line. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So going on the uh, whole audiobook. I just wonder, like, uh, what authors think, like, who they would like to read their book, like, what, like, actor or somebody specific that you think would have a good way of telling the story with their voice. Well, you know, my standard answer is I always say Gilbert Gottfried, but... uh, (laughs) but, uh, You've listened to my joke before. But I have a serious answer. Um, I don't know. Um, maybe. Um, well, you know, there's there's the, you know, there's the guys who sound good doing anything, like James Earl Jones and uh, mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell. You know, the, uh, you know, Malcolm McDowell would probably be good. I like that one. I'll go with that. All right. No, well, he, he does a good job. Now I have another name or another person I want to hear them uh, narrate my dad. Who? Malcolm McDowell. Oh. <laughs> Not James Earl Jones, huh? Well, you don't want yeah, Darth Morgan Vader. Vader. Uh, no, uh, Most Darth Vader uh, would best be to describe the next time I get fired. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so instead yeah. of having so instead of having Donald Trump, it's <laughs> Vader. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I find your lack of employment employment disturbing. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I work for you. Not anymore. anymore. <laughs> and then as the sound of the lightsaber going off. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Vader would fire you with the psychic strangle, right? Yeah. Oh wait, a minute. Yeah, yeah, even yeah, better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what happened to Flagoon? He, he got fired. Don't you know a guy that goes around in a Vader suit? Yes, I do. We totally need to do that now. We need to do a video <laughs> of us standing next to Vader. He's firing Flagoon from the show, and then he's up in the air wait, dangling. Wait, wait, wait. Why, why am I getting fired from this the show? This would just be a comedy stick. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're not actually. We're not kicking right? you off the no, show, no, but that no. would be a great comedy stick. <laughs> We've already got a Don't zero. Don't scare me like that. We're not really kicking him off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Was parody. I not supposed to let that happen? No. No. Slip. Sorry. No. <laughs> we need the realism. The yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So, uh, yeah, I think I think we've pretty much we we've talked uh, uh, about the reaver. About the, the, the reaver. We've talked a lot about that. Well, what? There is one thing we didn't ask. Let's talk about when does it come out? Oh, when does it come out? February the fourth. So that's a, mere days away. That's right. We are almost on top of it. Oh. So Tuesday, you can rush out and buy this in hardback, ebook, copy, or quite possibly audiobook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's, that's right. Amazing. So everyone, go you can contribute. You can pre-order it. Oh, you can pre-order it. Pre-order. There's that's a pre-order true. price on Amazon. You can prepay for Richard's food. <laughs> <laughs> to the food fund. There we go. <laughs> there you go. No, no I, I, I've loved everything you've written so far in the Forgotten Realm. So uh, oh, this you. this book can only be that much more amazing and because uh, you know as much as anything when you keep doing it it just gets better and better uh, so and, and disillusion was one of the best books oh, yeah. in the war of the spider queen it, it set the stage so well and just it, it showed you just what was at stake yeah oh well thank you very much oh no thank oh, you that was a that was a tough one to write, so I'm always uh, pleased when people uh, when people uh, compliment. Cause I'm always, always pleased when people compliment me anyway, but uh, yeah. I, 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 I went into dissolution with a great sense of uh, uncertainty about whether I could pull it off, so <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, well, it, it, you did a good job, and the series came off very well, yeah. So, All right. Anyway, so, so uh, uh, well, since we've uh, we've hammered Forgotten Realms to death, you want to go to the Plague Knight, yeah, don't let's you? Do the Plague Knight. I want to talk about the Plague Knight. It sounds you want to hammer epic. the Plague Knight? Yes. Plague I've, Knight I've had my shots. I and be, other I stories. <laughs> go ahead. So, yeah. so uh, give us a give us a little rundown. What's this? Uh, what's this universe? What's this world like? Okay. Well, since it's a collection of short stories, there's actually more than uh, one world in there. Uh, the world of uh, the Plague Knight is a world uh, that's based on uh, 14th century Europe, but with uh, magic and the supernatural being real. The um, kind of underlying background concept is that this is a world where uh, uh, Rome fell because their, uh, the sorcery that maintained the Roman Empire uh, failed them, and uh, where uh, the world of, fa- of fairy encroaches on... Um, encroaches on uh, mundane reality and in this in this setting i have uh, a young english knight named uh, martin rivers who's roaming around europe seeking his fortune and the plague knight is one of uh, three adventures of his that's in the story and then that's in the book and then i have uh, another setting which is called uh, balifex the whispering city or balifex the uh, the uh, city of fountains which is Somewhat like a uh, Renaissance uh, Italian city is seen through the lens of Romeo and Juliet with a lot of feuding noble houses and people dueling in the streets and uh, that kind of thing. But once again, with uh, sorcery and supernatural creatures playing a big role. And uh, my hero in that setting is a uh, guy named Selden who uh, 
spent the first uh, 30, 40 years of his life as a mercenary, but now has settled down in Balfex to be a uh, fencing teacher. But he still keeps his hand in the, the mercenary game to a degree by doing uh, odd jobs for various people in the, in the, in the town who hire, which always brings him into uh, conflict with some kind of a supernatural mystery that he has to solve. And uh, then I have a couple other uh, stories in there that don't belong to either of those settings. One is um, a story uh, set in uh, Michael Morcock's uh, Eternal Champion uh, setting because I, there were a couple anthologies um, years ago where other people were invited to write about those characters. And uh, I, I wrote for those anthologies, and, uh, and Morcock very kindly gave me permission to reprint those stories again in this book. And um, so that's one of them. And then there is also kind of a weird, dark uh, take on uh, King Arthur and the Sword and the Stone. Oh, really? Yeah. Altogether, you get, I think, uh, eight stories or nine. Right. Nine stories, I think. Yeah, nine. In one collection? Yeah. Sounds like a... I... I'm going to have to send you, because Richard was kind enough to send us a PDF of it, but oh, right. I'll send it your guys' way, because the stories, they go together well, and they're really fun, entertaining short stories, so... Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, yeah, it, it's, it's each story, you're just really excited to get through it, and read it, and it's... it's mm-hmm. They're very quick, know, Yeah, and they're quick and fast-paced. I mean, there's a lot of sh- anthologies or collections where you get to it, and it's like... You get really one good one, and then the rest, you're, like, no. digging through them to get to the next good one and hope there's another one in there. But it just seems like it's one after another. There's really fun mm-hmm. uh, and exciting to read. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, I think anybody that likes my Forgotten Realms stuff will like this, too, because it's more sword and sorcery by me. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> All the good stuff. It's not, it's not a big stretch from one to the other, really. Yeah. So is it fun being able to play in that, that sword and sorcery sandbox all the time when you're writing? Because it just seems to flow very smoothly out. Well, yeah, I really do enjoy it. It was, I think, my favorite form of fiction growing up when I was reading, uh, you know, Robert E. Howard and uh, Michael Moorcock and uh, Carl Edward Wagner and Fritz Leiber and... Um, uh, El Spray de Camp and Fletcher Pratt and the Rogers Lasney and all those guys, you know, just loved all of it and uh, and still do. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's a guess. I mean, it's not the only thing that I ever want to write every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I go do other things, but you'd always come back to it. Nice. I always have fun. So what are some other genres that you like writing into and would like to you know, I don't know if maybe you do have a book in that genre coming out soon. Well, I did. Um, I did a, an urban fantasy novel a uh, year, maybe two years ago now, that uh, that people can pick up on Amazon called The Blind God's Bluff, which is a lot of fun to write. I hope to do more urban fantasy. I've done a lot of horror over the years. Um, I have another collection, ebook collection called The Q Word and Other Stories, which is kind of a sampler of my work across genres which uh, has some of my horror stuff in it I'm currently self-publishing a uh, post-apocalyptic uh, superhero series called The Imposter that I'm having a lot of fun doing I'm also a lifelong fan of uh, superhero comics and uh, 
old hero pulps like you know, The Shadow and Doc Savage and stuff like that. So this, this is a series that taps into all that. So then, how I'm I'm really I'm curious about this this fantasy world that you're or the worlds I should say that you're creating for uh, for the Plague Knight and other stories mm-hmm. is how does the the I guess the the very reality of the supernatural affect the um, affect the cultural growth of, of these worlds because I mean in our world the supernatural kind of isn't really there or at the very least is disproven. Right. And so this stuff is very, very real to them. How, I mean, how, how does that change how these cultures have grown? Well, in um, in, in the Plague Night, it's um, people view the supernatural with great suspicion. At the same time that they, um, at the same time that you know, lords and kings, you know, realize they can't just ignore it. They have to try to use it, or somebody else who is using it is going to topple them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a world where um, all the sorcerers have um, all the sorcerer the, the sorcerers uh, have some uh, elvish blood in their heritage, which in the church's view means they don't have souls. So they have a very equivocal kind of legal status, and uh, and uh, that that's that that world. The world that uh, Selden lives in, my fencing master, is a world that. Uh, you know, has embraced sorcery and takes it very much for granted, and you know, nobody has, nobody would have a problem with anybody just because that guy was a sorcerer. Um, that said, people, you know, have excellent reason to be, you know, afraid of criminal sorcerers and people like that. Because they're like extra scary, I guess. Yeah, because they can do terrible, terrible things. Mm-hmm. So, like, how, I mean, how do you define then, uh, I guess, terrible things when you have the inclusion of uh, powerful magics on, I guess, both sides of good and evil? Well, um, you know, I basically the, I just define it as, um, you know, I just define it as the same way you would define any kind of, you know, violent criminality. It's just accomplished through supernatural means. I mean, it's 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 you know murder by magic, you know robbery and extortion by magic, you know mm-hmm. you know spying and blackmail by magic, all, all that kind of thing. The um, you know the, the 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 goal is only not different. It's just it provides a different methodology for accomplishing the goal. Okay, so and then so it's seen as more of a means, not really much else. Or I guess it, or it gives new means. And so the yeah. magic itself is not the end. Yeah. Although, okay. um, although, yeah, I mean, you have people who practice magic, you know, essentially as as an intellectual discipline, or trying to discover more about it. Mm-hmm. And so then, how does a how does a um, an intellectual uh, sorcerer then would would differ from some, like let's say like a uh, like a like a criminal sorcerer or a legal sorcerer? Uh, well, basically, uh, just you know, by like I said, by using magic, particular kinds of magic that are forbidden by the law to uh, achieve antisocial ends. Like I said that's in the Selden universe. In the uh, Martin Rivers universe, then you know, magic is inherently suspect, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, it's not beyond bounds of reason, beyond reason that somebody could be doing, practicing innocuous, magic that is essentially innocuous in that world, but that nonetheless, you know, was not being accomplished under the protective hand of some lord or something, so people would just string them up. 
So that much suspicion. <laughs> yes, that world that world is a lot is actually a lot darker than than Selden's world. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> So then, I mean, what, what, um, so then, so then do, do the people then resort to traditional forms of punishment then, uh, for, uh, for misuses of misusing magic or, or do they have to, I guess, uh, dole out punishment magically as well? Oh, no, you can, uh, you can kill them the old fashioned way. Okay. (laughs) Unless, unless it's a story that hinges on the, the the sorcerer having worked out some kind of talisman or charm that prevents that, but but normally yeah you can uh, you can grease him just like you can grease any other guy. <laughs> so are any of these uh, stories or any of these uh, worlds anything you want to kind of expand out into an actual full blown novel or do you want to just keep these on uh, on the smaller uh, uh, short story levels? Wait, well, you know, I've thought about that. There's certainly uh, they, they, there's certainly the potential is there. I've got. Um, I've got about uh, I've got like three novels that I'm working on now that are not uh, you know shared world novels like Forgotten Realms or anything, and um, none of those three is is a Martin Rivers novel or a Selden novel. So it'd certainly be a while before I would get to a book about one of those characters. But I haven't ruled it out. I recently um, I recently did a new Selden story that's not in in Plague Night and other stories be, uh, for. Somebody to ask me to contribute to an anthology, which I guess I can't really talk anymore about because they, I, the, I don't think the editor has officially announced, "Hey, this anthology is going to be coming out." But um, but it shows, you know, I, I have not lost my fondness for those characters, and I will be writing more about them. But I, I don't know when you'll get a novel. Aww, I, I don't know, but it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, 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 if play, I tell you, if, they, if that collection sells a whole bunch of copies, they'll get much more. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, every much more quickly. Every single person listening to the show, go buy a copy. There you go. There you go. And, and then tell your friends who didn't listen to the show. One, go buy a copy. Listen to the show, and then two, buy a copy. Yeah. There you well, go. Well, while you're describing, your you know, this, this darker world where magic is, it's like you know, punishment. I'm just, I can foresee like you know, like kind of a Monty Python. Uh, group of people just grabbing them and dragging yeah. them to the magistrate. He used magic. Yeah, that's right. Weigh, weighing weighing the person against the duck and all that stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess Martin Rivers' world is is a lot darker than Selden's world because, you know, it's based on a or based on a really shitty century in, in real world <laughs> history, whereas uh, Selden's world is more based on the re- on the Italian Renaissance, which had its issues, but was definitely cheerier. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So then, I mean, do you see yourself uh, maybe at some point writing a, maybe one of the Selden stories? Because it does seem, it's, you know, the, the lighter the lighter of the two worlds. Do you see yourself writing something in, in more of a comedic uh, tone, maybe not starring Selden, but uh, or perhaps maybe a new character. Uh, if possible, I, you know, I my stuff usually has some humor in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms, of, I mean, I usually have, uh, I usually have some characters who, from time to time, see the funny side to whatever situation is going on and make some kind of uh, smart remark about it. And I've sometimes thought about trying to go more in that direction and write something that's more purely comedic. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if I can pull it off or not. Um, 
it's, it's you know, it's, I'm like a lot of writers. I've got a lot of, um, you know, I've got a, I've got more ideas than I've got time. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I've currently got kind of three novels that are j- bumping against each other in my head to get written. And uh, again, again, none of them is that particular thing right now. But, but so then, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask then. So then, how do you keep all these org- these ideas like organized? Well, I, you know, I used to write things down, mm-hmm. and then I saw a quote from uh, uh, Gregory McDonald, who is the guy that wrote the Fletch novels. That there are a couple Chevy Chase movies based on those. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I, he said something to the effect that um, you know he didn't write his ideas down because he figured he'd remember the good ones and the bad ones would kind of fade away. And I, I guess that's I guess I'm trying to practice that theory now because I don't usually write stuff down much anymore. I just uh, you know I just think about it you know and uh, if it, if I do think if it's good it kind of uh, ferments in the back of your head and um, and uh, pops out uh, a lot of times um, a lot of times I think you come up with half an idea and you play with it you play with it you play with it it doesn't work it just it just kind of like I said, just sits in the back of your memory. Then you come up with another half of an idea, and they lock together, and you realize you've got a whole story idea, and you go from there. Huh. All right. Well, then, uh, before we wrap up here at the top of the hour, I, I had have, I have one last question um, I wanted uh, to ask. Well, uh, are you going to be uh, making any appearances anywhere, any signings, or uh, going to any conventions nearby? Gen that, Con, hopefully. <laughs> uh, that uh, our listeners or your uh, uh, your readers can uh, meet up with you and uh, ask you their own questions? Well, I just found out that I'm going to uh, Odyssey Con the first weekend in April in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Wow. Maddie. Uh, and I will be at um, Dragon Con in Atlanta. And we're uh, nice. tail end of the summer. And I will be at... Uh, Necronomicon in Tampa in October. Those are the conventions I know about for sure right now. I'm hoping to get to Gen Con, but I don't know about that for sure yet. That is an awesome name for a con, Necrocomicon. Necronomicon. Yeah. Or Necronomicon. <laughs> that, that's just awesome. Yeah, well, that's from H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Ah, Necro- the Necronomicon was his great book of evil sorcery. That's, that's where Flagoon needs to go because he is a major Cthulhu fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's actually... Um, it's actually, despite the name, it's actually kind of a general science fiction, fantasy, and horror convention. Mm-hmm. There's actually another convention called Necronomicon in New England that is, I think, pretty exclusively a Lovecraftian convention, which I've never been to, but um, we share them. We both poach the same name, so oh. we share it out. But uh, yeah, I, I like to get that one, that one sometime. I'm a big Lovecraft fan. Okay. Yeah, so... Right. Um, so I, I, now that, I mean, the, this is all said and done, the reaver's about to hit the shelves. I, can you tell us and your, can, can you tell listeners and your, and your readers who maybe haven't picked it up and pre, uh, pre-ordered it, I, what is going to be the, the reason to pick up the reaver? Well, the most basic reason is that it's a, you know, kick-ass fantasy adventure full of, uh, you know, pirates, zombies, uh, magic monsters, uh, Epic battles. Uh, it's also got uh, interesting characters that evolve through the course of the story. And on top of that, it's a book where uh, 
big things happen to a major region in the Forgotten Realms that are going to shape its uh, future going forward. See, that also sounds like a heavy metal album. It does. <laughs> I guess that was more than one reason, wasn't it? But what can I... Yeah. And maybe oh, coming good. soon, ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, uh, the Reaver would be like the name of the album. Yeah. Why that's, I, and I, then I, the rest of that's the subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe you know Reaver two, the Reaver versus Ninja Zombies would be the yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> ninja Zombies. Even better. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what has to sell first for that great book to come about? So everybody yeah. go buy it. Yep. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show this evening talking about the Reaver as well as the Plague Knight uh, and other stories. We've enjoyed having you on the show. Oh, I've really enjoyed doing it. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much yep. for being on. So where can our listeners find you? Okay, well, they can find me on uh, Facebook and Twitter and even Google+, Plus. although probably not many of them are there. But um, uh, Facebook is probably where I you know, kind of mouth off the most often. Okay. Uh, I also uh, do a, a monthly opinion column for a science fiction news site called Airlock Alpha. Uh, the most recent one of those that just went up was uh, an article called uh, Happy 40th Birthday Dungeons and Dragons. So some of your listeners might be interested in going and taking a look, taking a look at that. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, uh, as always, if there's any other projects on the way, let us know. We'd love to have you back on the show. Oh, great. I certainly will do that, and uh, anytime you uh, want me back, I'll be delighted to come. Okay. Nice. Sounds good. All well, right. We'll be back in Thanks touch. again. Excellent. Uh, have a wonderful evening, and enjoy your, well, your, even though your it's cold for cold you, it's warmer weather for us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only 26 here, so, yeah. All right. it's, a well, humid, so, it's a humid 50, so it, it's still kind of chilly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a wonderful evening, and we'll catch you next time. Okay. So long, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. That was author Richard Lee Byers. Uh, yeah. Contribute to the uh, Richard Lee Byers Must Eat Fund. It's a yeah. very, very for-profit organization. Yes. <laughs> I think I think the slogan, the slogan should be Buy for Byers. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pondering this like the whole time. <laughs> oh, you should have jumped in. That oh, was awesome. That's, too, that's great. We need to so put that on, on the write-up. <laughs> All right. So right. we're going to take a break. We're going to play a couple songs, uh, stretch our legs, refresh a little bit. We'll come back. Uh, we'll do, you know, Gamer Girl. Uh, I don't have an epic showdown, but we may be able to come up with one yep. real quickly. And if not, if we don't do it, that's okay, because yep. we've kind of been doing every other week. Yeah, uh, and uh, Gamer Forge, We'll geek do some news. geek news. Uh, we do have about three. Uh, I did, we didn't have any emails this week, but I did find three uh, topics three we can talk topics. about. All right. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so we'll be back. Uh, after this break, uh, enjoy, and we shall return shortly. Um, I'm actually going to play the song by Craig Nibo that he wrote for us. Onward! If I can find it. To Fort Glory! Oh, yeah. This um, is going to be epic. I don't know why I can't <laughs> find it. This is crazy. Is it, um, oh, don't I tell me it disappeared. That on, I can't find it. Uh, I can't find it. Uh, so, here we go. We're going to play Bloodbone by Stephen Tibbs. Okay. Uh, Lyrics written by Shane Moore. We'll be back. There you go.
remember when the sun still shines. I remember the night and days when the children laughed and sang songs to play. I'm a shell of what I used to be. There's a monster inside of me. My dark soul is twisted black. I don't think there's any coming back. Here we sit in the sweat and sun. Flowing death for everyone. Slowly sinking in the gulf of guilt. Bloody bodies were
really get the membership card. It's only $15, and it comes with a free magazine subscription. I totally want that. She was nice to me. She's my final fantasy. She's the girl. She's the girl at the video game. Alright everyone, welcome back to Gentle Dollars Radio. The music is welcome stopped. Back. We're back on the air. And Joe is walking in. I, I, Joe, Joe just has timing. It, it's not comedic, but it's timing. It's the key to all, to all comedy. Yes. Timing. <laughs> it's all timing. Showing up on time. Yep. I think we need to replace those, uh, those headphones. It looks like they are on their last leg. They kind of are. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're what, only five years old? Yeah. Yeah. That's like decrepit in computer standards. Yeah. It is. I could never have a headset last that long. Ugh. Yeah. I have the head, the cans I'm working with, I got those back in 2004. Yeah. Well, old. if you get a really good pair of headphones, they last. Oh, they're 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 but, falling apart. But you know. Even when we got those those ones that Joe's wearing, they were still uh, they had been used for several years. Yeah. So that was part of our first oh, equipment. Oh, so I got a hand me down. Yep, you did. So, oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know when when Malik and I started, we didn't have much. Yeah, that's you know? true. We very got true. some old used beat up microphones and cables and headphones and a brand new board, and we started. And well, off to the races you went. The microphones aren't being used anymore, neither are the wires. The, the <laughs> headphones are the last vestige of that. So um, once they go, That's that it. era is gone. The old, God, the old yeah. card is gone. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. I did not hear a word he just said. Yeah. Oh, it's because I haven't turned his mic all the way up. Uh, as, as it should actually be turned down. All oh, the time. oh, I see how it harsh. is. Harsh. Harsh. No love. My bad. No. Anyways. So now I'm a lot wow, louder. Wow, now you're loud. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as always, loud one. welcome to Dungeon Callers Radio. Uh, the last two songs you just listened to were Blood Bone by Stephen Tibbs. Again. Uh, with lyrics, written by Shane Moore. And then, of course, we had uh, Perry Grip with his The Girl at the Video Game Store. Yay! We got to play music. She was a nice girl. Yes. So, um... Should we do the Gamer Girl segment first? Yes, absolutely. Let's, Let's do move that. On. Let's jump we, into that. We'll turn our mic do down. Audible first. Uh, you can oh, do Audible. Yes. Since so, we just finished up. Since we were talking about uh, us needing new stuff, if you want to help us get that stuff, we're actually willing to help you out too and get you a free, that's right, free audio book. So if you go to audiblepodcast forward slash, or audiblepodcast.com forward slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio, or even easier than that, just go to dungeoncrawlersradio.com and click on that Audible link. You can sign up for your free audiobook today. 
So whatever books you want, they have a, a huge selection of books, and it helps us out a little bit, and it helps you out because, I mean, it's an audiobook. How can you say no to audiobook? You I, they really do have a lot of selection. Uh, you know, I had a credit the other day, and I, I picked up Dan Wells' Partials book. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, I still haven't read this. I've had it since it came out. Because I just I don't have time for reading anymore. It's like, but I can listen when I'm driving to work. So yeah. I picked it up, you know. And generally, it's twenty five bucks. And you know, once you have that subscription, if you can carry it on, it's what it's fourteen. Yeah, it's like fourteen bucks a month afterwards. So I got it for ten dollars cheaper. Yeah. You know, and there's some out there that are like forty, fifty bucks, mm-hmm. and you still get it for that one credit that you get each month for paying that fourteen fee. So even if you decide to quit after that 30 days, you know, you still get that audiobook yeah, for, for life. Yeah. Yep. Yours forever. You know, I really like that, actually, because it's helping me be able to get through a book series that I committed myself to that I really don't want to go through. Will of Time? Yeah, The Will of Time. Yeah. It started last year in January to listen to them. I had to take breaks because wow. once I hit book six or <laughs> book three, Jordan, I was like, oh, my goodness. So, this is not very so, Everyone out there, in two years, you're finally going to hear Chris say, I am almost to the end. I've got two books left. No, no. <laughs> I, I'm sure that once I get to the last three books, it'll be fine. It, yeah, because Brandon's books go fast. Yeah. yeah and those last three books. That's the whole reason I it, committed to listening to them. <laughs> those last three books are amazing. Uh, you know, I, I haven't read the, the World Time series because... That's been yeah, my Rob, issue. Yeah, Robert Jordan's his, um, is always the first his, hundred pages. Yeah, his, that was always the hard part. His first book in the series was actually a decent book. Well, it yeah, was. Yeah, the world was great. No, and I, then the second book was okay. Second, the third one, third. Was, that's where you kind of got lost, like, and it's um, like then you get to the fourth yeah. one. It's like, whoa, yeah. this became commercialized, and it's like, how long can I stretch this? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, you kind of felt that from the third one. You're like, this is like predicting what's going to happen for the rest of the series. Yeah. You're going to be bored to your tears. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I you can't know. tell it to some of my friends you know, they want to string me up every time I say that. But you know, you know <laughs> with with without Brandon's talent, you know, putting those aside, yeah, you know, let's be fair. It is the end of the series, so everything is wrapping up and it, it's coming to a close. So that you have some finality there, so it is yeah. speeding up a little bit. But Brandon does it in such an amazing way that it's it's fun, it's entertaining, and it's a quick write. I mean, if you haven't read any of his books, you need to. I, oh, yeah. You you cannot get bored on those books, you know. I I know there's several people out there that are friends of Brandon. They're like, oh yeah, you can because they know Brandon really yeah. well. Um, but you know, I I've, I've been listening to the the Mistborn ones, and those are great books. I like you know, uh, Elantris. It's, it's a standalone book, but it's great. Oh, his his uh, short novella, uh, Legion. Oh I yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, this yeah. really needs to be a TV series. Yeah, still hard. I mean, Still Hurt any, was awesome. Any book he writes, I mean, they are very entertaining and, and fun to read. And I think it's um, 26 more days until the next uh, next in the series after uh, The Way of Kings. Oh, yes. We shall hopefully see that soon. Uh, well, we, right. may not, we may not, you know, come out of our caves because we're still reading it. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into... So, yeah, so let's get into the Gamer Girl. Uh, Gamer Girl. Uh, we can talk about this off air. Yeah. All right, uh, so we're going to turn down our mics, and Firebird's going to take over. Take it away! I am totally wondering if I'm the only person that falls asleep during audiobooks. <laughs> uh, um, no, no. Well, well, why can't... Hello, can you hear me? Yes. 
Okay, sorry, I can't hear myself. In my headphones now. Suddenly, can't hear me. I had, I had a problem. I had a problem with uh, falling asleep, but it's usually on my drive. It was on my drive home after overnights, and it's like eight o'clock in the morning, and I've been up since eight o'clock in the morning. Three the yeah. <laughs> the afternoon before. This this is what I say about audiobooks. It all depends on the person reading. If you have got someone that has a very kind of monotone voice, you're toast. Uh, the guy that reads the, you know, like the Mistborn and the Alley of Law, I really like him, but Flagoon's wife can't listen to him because it, it puts her to sleep. It's like warm milk, pretty much, yeah. right? So I, and everyone has their own, you know, what kind of bores them. I mean, I have a couple audiobooks, uh, early Dritz books, actually, that I cannot even listen to because the guy is so monotone that, you know, uh, I know several people at the ta- table will r- know this person, but uh, Mr. Collier uh, from Jordan High, that, yeah, this guy makes him sound like he has more emotion in his voice than wow. Mr. Collier actually did. So, uh, I, I yeah. understand that. There's other books where I cannot listen to because the reader they chose is horrible. Yeah, and, and it really comes down to that reader because a book could be great, but if that reader doesn't bring that across, it's boring. Yeah. yeah. It, yep. was, it was the content of the book that made me keep listening to his terrible narration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now okay. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> no, no. All right, we're going to turn the gamer f- new or the gamer girl segment back over to you. All right, this week in gaming, the Elder Scrolls Online has launched a new trailer called Arrival. I uh, don't really know how we feel. A lot of people uh, aren't really on board with it yet, but that's okay. We still have plenty of time left. Of time left, and the launch. Uh, Elder Scrolls launched an online store where you can pre-purchase digital editions, and for every pre-order and pre-purchase comes with an Explorers pack. Now, it's filled with a lot of awesome goodies, but the only thing that I would personally really care about uh, is the White Imperial Horse Mount and the Mud Crab Vanity Pet, uh, plus many other items, but I'm a pet, and I'm definitely a mount person when it comes to the MMOs. Uh, and today, Perfect World is launching Star Trek Online Season 8.5 alongside STO's fourth anniversary. Uh, if you're a captain, level 10 and above, you'll get to fly the new Dyson hybrid ships. And they will also have the ability to collect three unique pieces of ship armor per player. You can do things over and over and over again until you collect the entire set. And you can be really awesome and really cool and epic. Um, and... Do you have what it takes to mod a starship? Uh, Robert Space Industries from Star Citizen Universe is looking to the gaming community for the next starship build. Uh, It's going to be a weekly webcast that will showcase 16 teams building for $30,000. It will be a YouTube series, and it's going to be called The Next Great Starship. This series is set to begin uh, January 31st at 11 a.m. Pacific. I think that's going to be so awesome. You're going to get the chance to build a starship, be involved with your games, and get the potential to earn some money. And I know that I always like money, no matter how it comes. Um, if you've watched the Gamer Girl video, we have talked about uh, what you call your gaming area. Um, I have named mine the Powderpuff Megadome, which is really awesome, cool, and fun, and 
totally geeky, and nobody else in my world likes it, but that's okay because I don't need to. Everyone um, here just laughed. <laughs> they all broke out in laughter at the same exact moment. Yes, we did. <laughs> Wow. Or you can log in to the DCR Facebook page. You can tell us what you call your gaming area. You don't have to be a girl. You can be a guy if you have a really weird name or you just want to share with DCR your personal space name. That would be really awesome. And then we'll announce like the best ones uh, you know, next week or the week after, as soon as we get a nice little collection, we're going to run through and, and see either the ridiculousness or the fun or the coolness that you guys name your gaming area. <laughs> you, you'll have to remember to put that post on the Facebook page. <laughs> what do you mean, your yes. gaming area? Yes, th- that, is, that is your task, should you choose to accept it. <laughs> but yes, please, if you have a crazy gamer girl... Uh, Room name doesn't Post have it. to be game or girl. girl. Yeah, it's just gotta be yeah, just yeah. Game gaming area. Yeah. I mean, it's just game guy. Yeah, so I, we're gonna be at LTUE uh, this next month, and Joe is actually gonna be sitting on a panel explaining why you should have girls in your gaming group. And the reason I picked Joe to do this is because he has ran, it, it been in some groups that have had females in the group. Yeah, you know, several times. Unfortunately, times. most of my been negative, and it's because unfortunately the people that have been in the group, uh, Flagoon can attest to that because he's been in that same group. Yeah. Um, so I haven't had any really positive experiences because I didn't I didn't want to bum that one out because I mean Joe has had some really positive experiences and I wanted that to be expressed because I, I think it is important to have a, a good female in the group. Oh shit. You know, course can do it. I pretend. I, I'm very. I'm very. I sound very convincing. Oh, okay. Yeah. He'll, he'll just convince everybody that it's true. Whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can try and convince you at how awesome gamer girls are. Well, <laughs> then... it's very easy of me. Although they they are very cutthroat too. You have to be you have to watch out for them. It's like girls in real life. If you get too many in a group, it's going to become very competitive and it could get medieval. So you got to have the right amount in the group. <laughs> hmm. That's a good. We should put a poll out. How, how many? How many, is, how many gaming gr- gamer, gamer girls, girls in a group is safe, and how, or or should you have before you hit hit the point of no return when it becomes chaotic? Ooh, that would be a really good question. Now, is it a ratio or is it actual specific number? Now that's the real question. Yeah, is it one, two, three, or is it the one? Or is it three to one? You know, you don't know. There's a percentage. I I think that's a good one. I'm sure there's several gaming groups out there that, you know, they've experienced where, you know, they've, you know, they've had so many and then it's great, but then they add one more and the balance is thrown off. It's probably happened. Yeah, there's no balance in the force. Yes. All of a sudden, someone is like, are are you implying that the force, instead of being controlled by minocore, is actually estrogen? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> yes, he was. I'm not even touching that. I, I was. I really was. So, <laughs> anyone that wants to complain can send those to Chris at DungeonCrossRadio.com. He will take all complaints now. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is my actual email address. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> why I gave it away. Because we're going to get complaints. We're going to get complaints. If you got your choice, estrogen or metachlorians, which would you rather go with? Metachlorians? Then I have superpowers. <laughs> So, all right, so moving on with uh, with Geek News. All right, let's jump into Geek News. Da, da, da. So, uh, again, we've changed up Geek News, so each of us will have three uh, Geek... Well, we found Geek News uh, articles, and we'll go over those. So do we want to do the round robin like we did last time, or do you just want to hit each person does three, and then we move on? I, I still like the round robin. Okay. Get people, so who wants to start this chance. week? I can start it. All right, Chris. Okay, so... On the International Space Station, they were successfully able to grow space peas and moon wheat, is what people are calling it. I moon what? It moon wheat. Oh, I, I, I thought you said weed, too. No, no, no. I was going to say, what grew, is this? Actually, is this special? Man, you get a wicked high on that one. <laughs> that or you get superpowers. All that cosmic radiation. <laughs> anyway, so they found that the peas actually and the wheat... Wheat... <laughs> Dude, are so both right viable yeah, for consumption. Uh, so they're excited because that means they don't have to eat space food all the time. They get to have the variety. They get to eat peas and wheat all the time. <laughs> well, no, they're going to grow other things, including bell peppers and tomatoes. Which but, grows off the light from the moon. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, off the light, the moon, and the sun. So there you go. Nice. There's also one really cool thing that's coming out uh, that's being developed by AMD for all those uh, of the PC gamer world. This is really cool. It's called Mantle, if you haven't heard of it yet. It's actually basically like OpenGL and DirectX, except it actually works better. It supports anti-threading. Those that actually know what I'm processing a lot easier on on the GPU and CPU. So you have awesome graphics. And not have a totally extremely expensive rig. So that was pretty cool. And then my last one is something I thought was interesting. Is somebody decided to do an old school AOL-esque type phishing scam to get uh, one of those one letter uh, usernames or tags uh, and there's a lot of articles about it. I, if you don't know about the old uh, AOL days, and you're probably too young, then you can look it up on the internet. But the AOL scam that a lot of people did was they would use specific chunks of information to be able to get more information from companies. And this person actually was able to pretend to be PayPal, got the beginning four of somebody's credit card, used that to get on nobody and say, hey, I need to get into my account pretending it'll be the other person, using those four. In the beginning, four don't actually mean much. They're not that unique. But uh, GoDaddy let them on to the account, and they were able to hold the account hostage and their Facebook, uh, Facebook account hostage and like Twitter. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cruel. So, and, but they actually did give back the Facebook and uh, the other accounts. Nice. So, but, wow. Yeah. Good. All right. No. Well, okay. You done? Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, I just thought we were doing one at a time, but so okay. So did I. The round robin just went out the door. Okay. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we were doing three. Well, well, really well, nice one at a time, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. So we got to do this fast just because we have 30 minutes left in the show. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, okay, let's do it. And uh, we on, got, then we got to jump into Game Report. So okay. we got to hurry this up. Go, go, oh, Joe. Oh, me? You want to start with me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Actress Scarlett Johansson has the Ambassador non-partisan in Oxfam. Awesome. That's good. Oxfam. Oh. Right there. She's endorsing uh, Soda Stream, which is run out of, uh, what is it, the, uh, run out of Jerusalem, which is not recognized as a full-on country at the moment. And so that kind of goes against Oxfam's rules. So unfortunately, she will no longer be doing humanitarian work for Oxfam. Uh, see here, uh, Prince, uh, musician Prince, has dropped a $20 action against some of his fans who are posting some of his bootleg footage online. Apparently, he doesn't really like that. Okay. So, uh, but he's got a huge backlog of material that he likes to release under, uh, basically under his own accord, mm-hmm. his own crazy accord. And yeah, so he was bringing $22 million worth of legal action against some of these people that were bootlegging his, his performances. And that drew enough ire to... Uh, I thought he drew red cord. Probably did, but it, it was able to drive enough uh, people away from his, his works and, uh, yeah. and the petitions aplenty were there going around. nothing... And, faster to scare away fans than to try to sue, sue them. them. <laughs> yep. Sue them, apparently, is yep. what Prince says. Remember that say, he's not going to have much more money to uh, uh, pay that lawyer. No, he's not. Yeah. So, um, but, he's, but he actually dropped the action earlier because he realized, I would imagine, I like to think that he thought he was being stupid about it. Yeah, but oh, wait a minute. This is having an <laughs> adverse effect on my yeah. revenue stream. <laughs> one, of the, one of the very <laughs> few times that he was actually Thinking, smart. yeah, <laughs> smart about something. Remember that, DCR fans. We won't sue you. Yeah, yeah. We, we love you. <laughs> and then, uh, Nintendo... if you want to continue to share our stuff, go right ahead. Yep. <laughs> Nintendo, uh, sure Nintendo released a statement saying that it will not be putting any of its any of its games or products out for any kind of smartphones or iOS. I'm so sad. Totally disappointed on my iPhone. You know, just. So- it should be. Give them another five years when they, you know, crap out another cruddy Wii U that completely fails, and they have to drop out of the console. Well, the they've console got war. Sonic on there. Then Why not? They'll probably then, yeah. I mean, start throw out some of those the, older titles that are on the old virtual console. You know, throw those onto the iPhones. I mean, tons of fans that like those old retro games. Duck Hunt would be those. freaking fun. Duck Hunt would be amazing. You're Especially if you actually you could dad? kill the dog. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I mean, I can just imagine people they, you know, they sitting just, on the... You just watch them on the bus. Just, oh, man, stupid <laughs> tap, dog. Tap, 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 yeah. tap, 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 dog yeah. laughing at me again. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> wants, everyone wants to shoot that dog. All right. Dog. And then um, rumors have been abounding from earlier this week. Jerry Seinfeld is kind of hush-hush about getting the Seinfeld ca- Seinfeld cast back together for a reunion show because apparently the rumor was or the rumor was that because uh, he and now were seen together filming in that that was that they were putting together a super bowl commercial but then he said no it's not the case which the rumor then immediately switched to wait a second they're probably getting seinfeld back together hmm. but so the, the cast again, reunion they did for uh um curb your enthusiasm isn't enough for them? No, apparently not. Okay. No. All right. All right. Uh, Lagoon. All right. So, a huge battle on EVE Online uh, between the N3 Coalition and CFC. After yeah, the CFC 
uh, failed to pay a bill, left with tar- a territory uh, vulnerable for attack. This attack, uh, this battle then did happen, and uh, it's finally over. Um, I have a war corner on it, it's going to uh, make it good. But uh, the damages are finally in, and it is coming up to a cost of over $300,000. That's now, that's not in-game money. In-game money, it's $11 trillion. This is 300,000 <laughs> real U.S. dollars worth of damages. Uh, up until this battle began, only 12 Titan-class ships. Now, the Titan-class ships take thousands of man-hours to make, lots of money, lots of resources. They can hold doomsday uh, uh, weapons, which are also very, very expensive and very time-consuming to make. Up until this time, only 12 have been destroyed. After the, in this fight alone... 75 were lost in just this one battle. So in wow. pretty much this is like the end of Ender's Game, where he just throws all yeah. the warships and then zips around them and then obliterates everything. The, the, uh, the battle went on for about 22 hours, and uh, <laughs> like, uh, the, just the, the number of ships that were lost, uh, 123 carriers, 13 supercarriers, 300 Dreadnoughts and a whole bunch of smaller drones were destroyed. Oh, but uh, the uh, CCP games, the uh, creators and the uh, runners of uh, Eve, on, Eve Online, they're very into their uh, user and their their user creation. So they are actually making that area a war memorial. So log in to your Eve Online, and you could go see the war. Of let me get the planet name. This is the uh, the Battle of BR5RB. That sounds very epic of a name. Right? You will, <laughs> the War of BR5RB. You will you will be remembered. <laughs> it will come. <laughs> so remember BR5RB. Remember. <laughs> remember, remember, remember. BR5B. Remember, remember the 11th of January. Yeah. Oh man. For BR4, pay your, pay your bills, or else it'll cost you three hundred thousand dollars. Oh man. So, uh, world of Minecraft, very world. It, yeah, I it's know. Huge. Well, a uh, a uh, diehard fan has decided to uh, try to walk to the end of the supposed um, Minecraft world. This is actually a common area known as the Far Lands. It's uh, the edge of the map where the uh, the the map editor just doesn't have enough process and starts just random geography all over the place. More so random than the actual game. Okay. This gentleman has been traveling to get to this edge. Legitimately, you can use warps to get there. This guy's actually walking the whole way. He's been walking for three years. And he has... <laughs> Reached there, he huh? has not reached there. He has walked over 700 in-game kilometers. I'm not really surprised, honestly. And uh, he's still uh, doing it. He has a YouTube channel uh, that uh, has that shows him walking across uh, whatever it is. And he kind of uses it as his own little podcast. He kind of just talks about what's on in the world. But, but uh, check out is the... Uh, is the uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to say one thing. 
Does this guy have a life? I mean, three years walking three in years crunch. walking in one direction in Minecraft. In he cyberspace. Should, you know, he should be rewarded with this somehow, cause at least, because when, like, Forrest Gump was running across great distances, he at least... He got something. Yeah, he got something out of it. Yeah. Even if it was just running. And, so should we make him a DCR Minecraft trophy and mail it to him? I, I think we should. But, uh, of course, it must be the scale, so it can only be an inch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and made out of four blocks. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you will never believe who uh, photobombed the uh, Full House reunion uh, pictures at uh, the pre-Good Morning America uh, uh, selfie. Uh, Bob Sackett was taking a selfie with himself. Um, uh, Stam and uh, Dave Coulier. Okay. And in the background, uh, Stam and we are geared by Rihanna. Oh. <laughs> you don't. You can't photobomb Full House. You photo. Uh, she, just, she just did. I I could. Rihanna photobombed it. <laughs> I don't know. I did like uh, when uh, it, Melanie was fo- photobombing Jake when we were taking pictures of him in his costume. And oh yeah, that was she's coming up so behind. Great. Uh, Totally, to get those. totally not, yeah. not staged. Not nope, at all. Not no. At all. no, but just the look in Rihanna's face is just, she's just dead serious. Yeah. We need to put that up on the Facebook <laughs> no, page. So I don't know uh, if you swift to the because her head's throwing back, yeah. I put a video up on our Facebook page. They, they, some genius edited uh, Ryu doing yeah. his punches and kicks, and they <laughs> land perfectly when she, her head flies back. So check out our Facebook page. Taylor Swift gets attacked at the Grammys. We have the video on that is hello play after. Okay. Um, but it's like so timed perfectly. All right, uh, I'll jump into my last three. Uh, nope, oh, Firebird. Do you have any stories, or did you cover them in the game girl? I covered some in Game of Girl. Um, <laughs> although Angry Nerds, as they as they deem themselves, are still mad that Disney bought out Star Wars. And oh well. Still, I know they're still complaining about that. They can deal that. with it. Should we be been, over this by now? Well, they should because for years, years, decades, even we've complained that we need to get Star Wars out of George's hand. We finally get it out. Of and we get hand. it out of George's of hand. George's hands, and now they're all complaining. So nice. it's like, deal with it. Happy. No, no. I, I think it's not because that it's it's that it's out of his hands. It's that it went from George's hand to Disney to Disney's hands. I think Disney will do it. Will do it credit though. I just wish they had actually put out the game that they were yeah. producing before. Yeah. Unfortunately. Nope. But no. All right. Um, so I got a couple stories. I'll go through these real quickly. EA Salt Lake, yes, uh, affects us. Has suffered uh, some layoffs. They've had a really bad year. Uh, and some holes in their game. I'm not um, really surprised. Yeah, no surprise, shock that. surprise there, no. uh, really. Um, EA quit, is laying people off? Yeah. Never! Quit quit making sports games. I mean, seriously. Let's get something, you know. Stop Sam, caring about the bottom line and yeah. actually, you know, care about the customer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut up the TRM crap. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they've had to cut 26%. Ooh, well, yeah. they they are planning on putting uh, in-game micro-purchases for all their major titles at one point or another. Yeah. Oh, that's so that way when you're in the middle of a fight, and you bullet. Do you, you want do more bullets purchase. for $25? Your <laughs> bullet. Yay. Uh, yeah. So, I just, I you know, honestly, they I think they just need to do kind of a reboot, refocus on... Something. I mean, they need to hire some new people. Yeah. People who are not the current 
executives. And and honestly, sports games just aren't that cool. Hire some gamers. Yeah. So All right. If you do make say, a- oh, go ahead. If anything happens to John Madden, EA will go under. Yeah. <laughs> um, Most likely true. They have a vested interest that, in cryogenically preserving him. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I, really, it's going to happen soon. Uh, all right, uh, Thor 3 has been confirmed. Uh, Marvel Studios, not running out of money anytime soon, uh, <laughs> and has just bankrolled the next 10 years. Uh, yeah, it's con- confirmed that it will be thing uh, 3 will have uh, it's slated to appear after Avengers Age of Ultron. So uh, they've got the cast back. No surprise there that they wouldn't want to jump back yeah. on board on this. Well... I want to jump my, on that. My opinion, they kind of go um, Spider-Man 3, because mm-hmm. by Spider-Man 3, Tobey Maguire, all the original cast were just like, I am so tired of this character. Well, it's because Sony... Yeah, that's Sony for you. Sony wanted way too many villains in there, and so... Everybody was movie, angry. Yeah, that movie just... Oh, okay. Yeah, everyone was angry. The movie didn't do well. You could tell. Um, and Marvel's treating... Their, their actors really well. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, and not only that, I mean these these guys are loving their characters. You know, they have. It sounds like they have input. I mean, you know, just look at uh, Robert Downey Jr. You know, don't uh, mind if I do. He's totally like, oh, yeah. sure, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, Chris Hemsworth is perfect for Thor. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, if he can ride that gravy train for as long as he can, why not? Yeah. So, I just wish that Robert Downey Jr. didn't say, you know what, I'll just do the Avengers from now on. You know, he did say that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back, to be uh, honest. Yeah. I want another, I want an Iron Man 4. They, I, they, they may, but he, he probably I, wants to do some other things. Yeah. And then, you know, let him do those, and they're like, hey, we're, we want to do a 4. He's like, sure. I really feel <laughs> Here, like I Here's was another let down dump truck three. full of money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last on my list, uh, a Boston postal worker has pled guilty to stealing over 200 Gamefly games. Yes, that's right. Ooh. When they were going back, he was taking them home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's so, the best thing he could think to do mm-hmm. with his employment. Hey, yeah. I'll use this as an opportunity to steal games. Hey, yeah. free games. Between awesome. July and November of 2012, he acquired 200 games. So um, he no boxes he could him. face up to five years in prison, followed by three years of supervised release and a maximum fine of $250,000. Good. Yeah. Your postal service at work. And he should never be allowed to play video games again. You know, I think he should get like one of those devices like no, Sky he, has on, he it, on, be allowed to play, like, uh, on Agents of games. S.H.I.E.L.D. Where he touches it, where it touches anything, and it's like, neat, neat. yep, still protecting. But <laughs> no, no, there, there are games out there yeah. that uh, that uh, he should be only allowed to play ET. Yeah, <laughs> ET <laughs> and Superman from 64. Atari. Oh yeah, Superman from Atari too. Any uh, Superman, Superman game, any Superman yeah. game <laughs> on the N64. The Aquaman <laughs> game that was on the N64. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, those are the games he'd oh, be only allowed to play from now on. Boy in his blob. And any new Duke Nukem game. Oh, yeah. man, that just makes my... The super oh, glitchy version of Battletoads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which was frustrating but funny at the same yeah. time. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. We're going to jump into gamer, the Gamer Forge, so, uh, yeah, it's time. Gamer Forge. Yep. All right, so... 
Gamer Forge. Basically, the Gamer Forge is where we have people email in, or we we come up with questions uh, talking about items in uh, gaming, and then we go over those and uh, give you our advice. Easiest answer: throw a die at your DM. That's never a good idea. It's still roll for initiative. Roll for initiative. Always roll for initiative, unless it's a game that doesn't have initiative. Then you're good. Then All right. For initiative anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, I've got initiative. Okay, so we got three questions here. We're going to jump into those, and we're going to go over these. So um, this is really simple. When is it appropriate to use ability checks over skill checks? To use an ability check over a skill check? Yeah. yeah. When you're using an ability well, instead of a skill? define the difference between an ability and a skill <laughs> okay, check. Let me go for the example. Example of the question says... There's a series of spike mashers randomly coming down from the ceiling during combat between the PCs and the monsters. Would the PCs be making dexterity checks or acrobatic checks to dodge the masher plates trying to squish them? I would say whichever one gets you the better bonus. Um, I would think that would be more acrobatic. I would say acrobatics if they are trained in it Mm -hmm. or if they have skill ranks put into it. Because, I mean, if they took the time to be skilled at acrobatics, then they should be allowed the full bonus. Otherwise, you should at least accommodate, uh, I don't want to say an equal chance because that would imply that everyone gets the same bonuses. Mm -hmm. Um, But everyone should be allowed um, the same fair chance. With dexterity. Yes. Yeah, to, so then allow a dexterity check for those of those for those who are not trained okay. or skilled in acrobatics. So th- this is how I'm understanding it. So if Chris is in the room, and these are coming down, <laughs> of course it's he, me. he's not an acrobat, so he's got to go off of his dexterity score, which is, a two, which is a modifier of two. So he rolls and adds the two. Yeah. Now if it's Nightwing in there... He gets his full-on 16 bonus yeah, to his role. because he's actually good at doing that. How do you know I'm not an acrobat? I could be practicing, and you don't know. Are you? Because you're the intern. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? Just because of that, now I'm going to build my own circus tent and start practicing acrobatics. Go for it. Yeah. I'm going to become my own acrobat with hookers. I want to see the video. Hooker. So in the next week, well, we're going to be... Maybe not the hookers. In the next week, we're going to be... Maybe uh, not the acrobat. We're sorry to inform you, but... Chris was trying to do a double backflip off the trapeze and unfortunately didn't install the, the net. And now he's in the hospital. You're supposed to install the net? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> Those were his dying words. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I was supposed to set something up for... <laughs> uh, yeah. And then he hit the ground. All right. So I, that, I think that we've got that. That's pretty simple. You know, yeah. If I, I, I were... You know, my, my thinking as a DM, you know, is whatever... a modifier adds more to that role. Yeah, That's what you want to use. Yeah. I mean, really, like an acrobatic check, that's going to be based off of your dexterity bo- Anyways, modifier yeah. plus whatever you've added to that. So yeah. you would be, it would behoove you to take that over yeah. your, your dexterity. I always, I always say in just about pretty much any game, mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to be skilled in it, do it. Yeah. Even if it's like a cross-class skill or if you have to go out of your way, mm-hmm. that's just one of those things that's like, that's just too handy. Yeah, it's like climbing a cliff. Mm-hmm. Why would you not go off your climbing check unless yeah. it was lower than your strength check? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That you one's out of the way. Horse. All right. 
So this yep, one. This guy is walking across Minecraft. Awesome. <laughs> yep. In swords, in swords, uh, excuse me, in arcane powers, the arcane sword Epic Destiny gives you the sword's vengeance daily power that basically lets you keep fighting in an untargetable state after you die. Even if you were fighting the craziest god ever, wouldn't this power essentially make you invincible and be able to kill it? So, wait. Wait, what? So, <laughs> it makes, so you can fight in an untargetable state? So here, he, he, so here is the thing. So, Swords Vengeance, 24th level. Once per day, when you die, your sword fights on in your stead until the end of the encounter. Each round, the sword can move and make attacks as if you were still wielding it, but it cannot be the target of any attack. At the end of the encounter, after a short rest, the sword returns to your body, and if your body is still present, you return to life with one hit point. If your body is missing, you will need uh, need another magic item to return to life. It sounds like an instant win. Well, not if they obliterate your body. (laughs) Yeah. Well, correct. So you see... So it's implying, though, then, that that sword will continue on... And it can't be a target for attacks. So then, so, so it's a matter of... Ju- so it's not even a matter of attrition, because this thing will ultimately win out, because yes. it ultimately will get an unlimited number of rolls. Yes. If, if you're fighting some, like, beastie god... Wow. Yeah. Or, let's say... That would actually a- make for a fun little story where the person's sword, like... Gets in this awesome epic fight with an eternal, like an eternal entity, yeah. and it finally kills it off. So the person comes back to life, but society has completely crumbled. <laughs> it's been like three million years <laughs> <Yeah>. later. <laughs> they come to the future. Like what's it? Oh, you know, hey, I finally finished the fight. Now I can go save the prince. Oh, the prince is died of old age. Oh. What are those things flying in the sky? That's not a dragon. But ultimately, this one demonstrates just how broken Fourth Edition oh, yeah. Dragons is. Because yes, that is, I think that's exactly what it's saying is that ultimately this sword will win. So it's like at the start of the battle, just perform seppuku, yeah, and, then, and just let the sword fly, let it go, and just let it go. And I'm like, you're like a level. Well, one. you had to do seppuku yeah. with your own dagger because if you did it with the sword, it would think it was done. Yeah. 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 Just right there, and then just, yeah, let it go. So I, what I'm oh I'm sorry, you're gonna say something? No, I'm just saying this is like ridiculous. I mean, this is yes. one of those spells. It's like, as a DM, you're just like, what's the point? I mean, really, because you know, you got this big epic battle, I everything's going man. well. You know, you get, you know, let's say they are level twenty four characters. You've spent years getting your guys here. You're finally Tiamat. You know, this big five headed dragon god, and you know this is supposed to be a huge fight, and oh, yeah. they may not come out alive. And you know, they're going in. Okay. We may not come out alive, but we're going to do this. Everyone's excited. And, you know, and this person has this sword, and everyone's forgot about this. And he's like, dude, I've got this. <laughs> Everyone dies. And what? he's just like, do, 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 do. And it's like, you win no matter what. I mean, it just it yeah, literally sucks the fun out of this game, uh, in my opinion. Because, yeah, you're effectively putting an unlimited number of rolls against an unlimited number of rolls. Yeah. The one, one, one side does have the distinct advantage or disadvantage of it can be hit by things. The other side can. Has, yeah, has the has the, the caveat. It's not an yeah. actual it it can do damage. It can be targeted. It cannot be damaged. Yeah. 
I mean, would a, now would you be able to do like an anti magical uh, magic sphere around the the sword or in the area that the sword is at, which Ooh. would dissipate? I would think that would be the only thing that could do it, or maybe a Mordekin's disjunction. But that would be if that creature or that entity had that ability. So, I mean, assuming that it did, let's just say that okay. it did. So then, yeah, I can see that that probably a way to to, to negate it. Yeah, and, yeah, because you would only have to negate it for a few moments. Yeah, because once you make it once you make it not subject to to that spell. Yeah, then it can be targeted by anything, and then just whatever they're fighting, let's say Tiamat, and then Tiamat yeah. just goes smash, 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 yeah. and then it's like fine, okay, uh, I'm done. Yeah, uh, uh. but I mean that's that's really. I mean, that's a really far stretch of being able to defeat this spell. I mean, there really isn't anything else. Yep. But other it, than... But it's an exemplar of what happens uh, once you start breaking the 20th level threshold yeah. in the 4th edition, because one, I mean, not to necessarily bash uh, Wizards of the Coast, but I mean, that product is effectively broken once you go past about 10th level. It starts to become so well, outrageous, and they know the that, and that's why just so overpowered. Yeah. yeah, and they know that, and that's why D and D next is on its way out. Yeah, but um, it, it be, they basically had to make World of Warcraft D and D. I mean, that's, that's literally what, what this what, is. What they're aiming for. Yeah, but I, boy, I don't hear how many. Ray in this. But how many? I mean, I got to think those. How many players tension. actually reach that? Point. Not many, because a lot imagine. of I would say a lot of people fall out, but there are rare yeah, circumstances. I mean, the game that Flagoon sat in on mine, we got to that. I mean, they were I had several oh, people yeah. over twenty, um, and they were still having fun, and it wasn't overbalanced. They were still struggling. Yeah, it was still a fun. Yeah, but and that was still even into third in three point five, uh, er, you know, early on, but still, you know, and then. Fourth edition comes along, and it just seemed like it was like, okay, let's just go over the top now. I mean, because there is no way, if you would have had something like this, there still would have been a negative on the back end to balance it out a bit. Probably. Uh, well, the negative is your dad. <laughs> yeah, your dad. This is basically another example of many things that you just need to ban when you say that people are going to play with you. Like, you can't use this stupid sword. Well, I mean, even if you die with this thing, you still come back after it's done. And with one hit point, as long as your body isn't dissolved, yeah. you know, or disintegrated, does but it then say you say that, yeah, well, yeah, it does. And if you are dead and your body is still present, okay. you know, okay. even you if your back. bones are still there, you come back to life. Oh, with one hit point. With one Mind hit point, you, it, it's like making you yeah. Wolverine all of a sudden. Exactly. Uh, okay. Wow. All right. Okay, we've hit this one. So the answer is... So ban it. Fat stuff broke. Like, broken. <laughs> it's broke. Um, it it's is. Banned. It is a win button. A crappy one, but it's a win button. And I say ban it. But I would, I mean, I, well, it's up to the DM, but I would say, you know. I would say it really depends on what sort of campaign you're running. Yeah. And how long you're planning on allowing these characters to be played. Well, and another thing, I really like the idea, you know, there is that, you know, it's going to take time, especially if it's a god or something really massive. Oh, yeah. Have that time play out. And when that person comes back, you know, maybe it's been 100, 200, 300 years. Who knows? Because, I mean, that creature <laughs> may have abilities to heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Either that or maybe they could put a time limit on it or so, like a so many roll time limit. Well, it yeah. doesn't even have a time limit. It goes until the creature is dead. Oh, my And God. then they bring you back. 
I mean, that's what sucks about this spell. Somebody really did yeah. not think about this when you know, they were putting it on paper. Because they I could, probably like, oh, this will be funny. Well, I could <laughs> see if it was, you know, X number of rounds. Or maybe, yeah. you know, it, it's one hour for every caster level. So if you're at level 24, hey, that's awesome. You get, you know, you get 24 hours, and if it's dead within that time, you know, you come back to life. If not, you're toast. Yeah, then you're done. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it goes until its foe is dead. All right, um, we. Man, you made that that monster sound really tasty. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are out of time. We got three <laughs> minutes left in the show. It's all over. Yeah. There isn't any more. I can't think any more of that, or else they'll probably sue me for. So we're not something. Gonna, we so. we had one last, but we're we're gonna skip that because we just don't have time. No. All right. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it will take. Yeah, we have like, five yeah, minutes. Okay. Right. Wow. okay. Right. So cool. with that said, how time flies. Um, check out. You know, go to Amazon, go to Audible, check out anything written by Richard Lee Byers. Great guy, great author. You will not yeah. regret Pick up picking up anything. Picking up the Tuesday. Picking up the Revert comes out on Tuesday. Remember, buy for buyers. Yeah, buy that's, for buyers. That's it. <laughs> buy right. for buyers. Remember, we are trying to help <laughs> his eating fund. Yes. And, and he does have a wonderful, a lovely wife, so it helps both of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. We met them both at Gen Con last yeah. year. They were so awesome. Oh, yeah. Very nice. I they hope they make it this time, because then I... Yeah, it would, it'd be great. Okay, uh, with that said, tune in next week. We'll have Alex Bloodso on the <gasps> show. We all love him. Talking about his new book, he drank Wee! and saw the spider. spider. I'm going to have to ask about that. Yeah, an, I really want to know about that. Uh, as always, check out our Facebook page, uh, YouTube, Google+, Plus, everything, uh, Twitter, uh, face, or our actual website. It's gonna, we're going to have videos coming up with our, our interviews. Uh, from the Mythica set, as well as more and more stuff coming. So always check, check out that our out. archives on, on iTunes and Stitcher. Yes, always available. Always mm-hmm. available for free. On we love you. Radio There's well. like three years worth of stuff on there now. It's, oh. it, it's like that, having that cuddly friend. Yes. Classic. All right, I think we better kill this. We're always there, so we're out of here. <laughs> All right, so until next time, good night, Salt Lake, good night, world, and as always, Get more from your games. So, Lone Star, now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> hot. Too hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll catch you next week. This guy's a Pepto-Pinball. We're out of here. Oh, my.